0: Hi, I'm Janelle Gray, editor of the Echoes blog, and now host of Echoes on Air. Uh, The purpose of the blog was just to give people a platform to safely share their experiences so that we can grow as a society that respects each other and each other's walks. Um, But you know, life gets super crazy and people don't have time to sit down and read a blog article. So the purpose of the podcast Echoes on Air was just to be that same open forum Um, but like in your car or while you're working or doing other podcast listening activities, I don't know. So it seemed like uh, the best place to start uh, episode one was just to talk about how we have those conversations about race and prejudice and all the isms that we face in the world. So um, I guess without further ado, welcome to episode one of Echoes On Air. Uh, We hope you enjoy it.
1: I'm I'm Carlos Bromfield, yeah. Where are you from? Oh, I'm sorry. I am from uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I moved here to Dallas about, it'll be seven years at the beginning of June.
2: My name is Emilia Cederkreutz, and I live in Bogota, Colombia right now. I've been here four years, but I'm actually originally from Finland. I spent Mm. my childhood there, and then we moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, where I did the rest of my growing up. I'm also not an expert, I'm an English teacher. That's my story and sort of, I guess I'm speaking in the capacity that I'm an English teacher and a lot of the times in that curriculum, black history pops up and where we are asked to teach it or we get to teach it. And sometimes, especially not being very expert and then there's, you know, you do what the best you can with you.
3: Yeah, so uh, Wakanda forever. (laughs) Um, My name is Justin Willis. I'm um, from Virginia, born and raised in Portsmouth, Virginia. You know, two, you know, two up, two down. For those of you who know, I taught in South Korea. Uh, I went to school in both Virginia and in England, and now I'm in Bogota, Colombia. And yeah, so if y'all want to throw any heat, throw it my way. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll catch the bullets. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess
0: really, like. like- to start out uh, the first podcast, what I really wanted to do since a lot of what we're going to be doing going forward is just like having these conversations. So just to start out, what do you think about this conversation, whether it's about race, feminism, sexism, Ooh,
3: all the isms,
0: all the isms,
1: all of the isms. I-, I think these, uh, these conversations are, of course, really important, but it's also really hard to, especially right now in this uh, political climate to start the conversation. And because I am one of those people who get on Facebook and I'll post something that's kind of controversial or uh, somebody else would. And I would comment and then the ignorance would flow. And it wouldn't be, um, for the most part, it, it wouldn't be... a a conversation of exchange of information of information it'll just be i'll say something and then somebody will write this huge ignorant tangent and then now i'm more emotional than i am logical so it just goes downhill from there
3: Mm.
0: what do you guys think
3: no i agree I, i definitely agree i mean you know living in this digital age That's what the communication looks like, right? I mean, if you want to see if something is lit, you go to the comment section. We're talking about a construct, right? So trying to argue about a stance with regards to something that you identify with, something that you can't necessarily like touch or feel or taste or see, Mm -hmm. it's it's very hard to communicate that to to someone or a group of people who don't really have to talk about it on a regular basis and I think that's where black people that's part of our plight right like here's right. something that's sort of thrown on us uh, with regards to discrimination and things like that <laughs> and we, we get, and we we claim it and you know we've labeled ourselves black and we you know we, we deal with it, and we take pride in our race but at the end of the day I agree I agree with Carlos and it's like yeah, we, we we don't know how to have that conversation nationally because if, if the United States, specifically speaking, if the United States had a chance to talk about it nationally, mm. then we wouldn't be seeing these problems currently. In 2018, I mean, good grief. Right.
2: Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that Justin just mentioned was about, like, to have the conversation with people who don't have the conversation a lot of the time. I don't know if you're meaning specifically white people, but I feel like that most white people probably fall in that category, who who don't have that conversation very much or very often. And I think this reflection isn't necessarily about the digital age, but I feel like, um, so when we moved to the States, you know, I was like a young adolescent, and I feel like Cincinnati is a city that is a very typical American city with everything that implies with all like all the segregation like everything that has happened has happened there right and then i feel like so you you move into the society and you kind of look and you're like oh my gosh these neighborhoods are so segregated and there are such clearly economic divides and it's like glaringly obvious and then you look to talk to talk about it i felt like you know who do you you look to your elders to see like how do we talk about this like, hey, has anybody else noticed that this is kind of messed up, right? right. <laughs> you know, like, uh, but I think that looking, like my memory of looking to like white adults in how to do that, it was sort of, it was like two or three modes of operation. It's it's like, shh, shh, shh like don't. Or kind of like, you know, the blanket sort of like, yeah, that's terrible. We're not racist. We don't talk about that. That's it. Or if you would, or it would get explosive. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, um and so I felt that, that when you look, like, as a child or as a young person, up, like, how are we supposed to talk about this? And your options are, like, don't hush it up. Claim the goodness of humanity that you have or absolutely explode. And I think, like, all of those options are clearly really flawed. Right. Or mm-hmm. not working currently. Not working at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, not working at all. And I feel like, I mean, those, if you've known me, like, one of my favorite analogies, I feel like, is that... <clears throat> white people talk about race the way Victorians talked about sex. It's Mm. like, we don't do it. That's bad. Only bad people talk about that. That's it. And it's like an atrophied muscle that doesn't, isn't able to do any heavy heavy lifting. Like, I feel like, yeah, people are not capable. And I think that what you said, Justin, about like talking about it with people who have no experience, I feel like it's a repeated thing of watching people who people who have like quote unquote PhDs in race with people who are like in race elementary school. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> right, right.
0: That's actually a really cool. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> a I have a PhD in race. You're welcome. Let me tell you all the things. <laughs> but you <laughs> brought up a really good point. So like, I'm sorry. I don't, I, I feel like I'm the oldest person here and I don't have a problem. So I'm interested to know how that conversation happened with you guys. So I think, I, I mean, you guys kind of know a little bit about my history. So I grew up, I think two very different households. So I grew up with my mother,
2: um,
0: and my mother has always been very open, very welcoming, you know, everybody's equal, acknowledging, you know, history, um, but not super focused on it. Mm. But it, it was there, and, and it was something that needed to be discussed. I was, I was definitely required to watch Queen when Queen came out, and, you know, I was required to read Black history books or books about Black figures. Mm. These are things that I was required um, to do. But on the other side, um, my biological father is super big in history. Um, but he was definitely more militant, mm. I would say. Um, he was, you know, it was a requirement for us to watch Roots, all 19,748 hours oh of it. You see what I'm saying? And I was the oldest. So no. I had to watch it every time somebody hit that age, Ugh. right? So we, were, we were required wow. to watch it at like 13. And, and so then the, the next is to turn 13, and we all had to watch it as a unit, as know, a people. Let's like, pull out the
1: Roots blanket. We're going to be
0: here for a while, <laughs> right? So, like, so I grew up like in two kind of very different like households, I think. Um, and so the way that I approach those conversations derives from that that background, right? So like, I kind of have this dual, mm-hmm. like, okay, everybody's equal and, you know, let's like skip through the flowers and hold hands. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, while we're skipping through the flowers and holding hands and singing tra-la-la-la-la, let's put up the black fist. Like, I, I have this like really weird dichotomy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: My experience was completely different because you know we didn't talk about it in our house, and I guess we didn't really. When I grew up, it was predominantly black and uh, Vietnamese, <laughs> and um, you know our relations was were fine. But uh, growing up and always hearing your mother say stuff like, um, you know, go to school and get good grades because you know white people are watching. And, you know, those type of things and constantly hearing it and then getting old enough to uh, want to have the com- the conversations, but also making white friends and trying to protect their feelings, but trying to voice my opinions about things and um, just trying to be the good guy. And I think as I've gotten older, I push that to the side, like I think we should be adult enough to be able to speak our experiences without uh, you feeling attacked. Because at the end of the day, I'm the one affected. And uh, generationally, uh, my people, we're still dealing with it. I just want to be able to speak about it without feeling like oh my gosh, did I say too much? Did I make you uncomfortable? Because right, I, right. I didn't mean to. I just want to speak my experience. And once again with the Facebook thing, it's it's always flipped. And it's like, yo, you just ignored everything I just said because you got emotional. And now that you are there and and you're heightened, I am too because you didn't ask questions. You just <laughs> went back on the defensive or straight up on the attack. And... Um,
0: so now you got two people just like right yelling at each other.
1: Yeah, and, and that's not... And I always say the... Conver- I'm not trying to change your mind or anything, but I always think the conversation is way more important than trying to uh, change somebody's mind. We need to talk. We need to talk openly, honestly about everything. And um, some people just can't. And I feel like it's... With the whole Facebook thing. I feel like it's easier to talk to people face-to-face rather than when they have the mask of their screen name. They get vicious. They, they get, get
0: vicious.
1: extremely uh, defensive or, uh, and just take... Uh, I don't want to call it sensitive, but th- they go hard. And I, <laughs> I have grown out of trying to be polite to people who are for the lack of a better word, mean to me and other people. Yeah. So.
0: That's, I think that's, that's actually why I was so big about even us having um, the capability to see each other, even though podcast world can't see us, we can see us. Um, And part of the reason for that is because when we're having these conversations, you know, it's, I think it's super, super important. Um, to be able. To, wow, my dog is listen. She is snoring, my friend. <laughs> she like, look, like she has had the longest dog day in all <laughs> of history. And like, oh, we are not. She's like, look, I am over here trying to sleep. Y'all changing worlds and stuff. I don't have time for that. Um, like, yeah, no, you good? Uh, <laughs> right, right, um, right. But, but no. So I think I I think that's why it's super important, even um when we're having the conversations even with people we like you know what i mean to be able to see each other because there are some times that 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 you're you're taking taking these cues from somebody's somebody's facial expression right so even when you're typing typing away away on on this computer and you're saying all these things and nobody can actually you know um um see the effect, the impact of their words. Mm-hmm. You know? So like if you could see the way that your words are landing on me and how that's affecting me, would you would you change some people wouldn't change. Some let's people, just right. let's just be real. Some people don't. Give three flips about none of it, but, but some people don't realize the impact of the words that they speak. And I feel like when you're having these conversations, especially especially when it's someone that you don't know. So like these people who even troll me, like I've had some, you know, with my Instagram and stuff like that, who post things. I'm like, you, homie, you don't even know me. Right. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't know anything about me, but you seem to have all the answers of what. I should feel or how I should feel like I think if people could see each other's face and see the 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 impact of somebody's words then it would make a difference.
1: We already have biases about these things so when we read things it's kind of like they could have meant this in the nicest way and tried to be as tactful as possible. I read it in a way
3: that set me off.
0: What are you guys saying?
3: Oh, we, we listening over here <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean again yeah what, what you all are saying is a, a whole lot of head nodding you know if you could see us um especially in my <laughs> and you know growing up growing up in that black space you know it was unspoken like like you were saying carlos you know you really didn't talk about the blackness in, the, in, in your race that much in your house mm-hmm. But you did see the, you know, the, the, the hot comb on the stove, you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. You did see the day, you know, you did, <laughs> you did see that popping grease on the stove, you know what I'm saying? So you, so you, you, you had all of these things that you can associate with, with blackness, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't spoken about that much. It was sort of like um, fictive kinship, and that's when, you know, you know, when you go abroad or you go to another city, you see a brother or you see a sister and you nod at them. No, like, it's sort of like, I see you, I understand you. And that's global.
1: Oh, coming to work and like, (laughs) oh, you don't know this. Oh, I'm about
0: to learn something new, my friends.
1: um, (laughs) Being the only black person and then send another black person walk through the door and and they're new to you. So it's kind of like, okay, (laughs) all right. And unfortunately, you know. You don't think about it until it happens yeah. like you don't think about it like now honestly for me i always find myself in situations where i'm looking around and i'm like i'm the only black person
0: in here so i was having this conversation with somebody the other day actually it's gonna be a post that's gonna be um on the blog in a in a couple of weeks but um she was talking about her um um experience watching blackish and she mentioned something about about that episode. I don't know if you guys watch Blackish, but there's an episode where uh, Dre is is taking his son to like school, and there's one other black parent, and he mm-hmm. does the nod, yeah. but but his son doesn't do the nod. And he's like, "Wait, why you ain't do the nod?" Like, you know, like, he's upset that the nod didn't happen. You know what I mean? Um, and she so she was like, "Does that really happen?" I was like, "Absolutely, that happened." <laughs> I, like I can i I can't imagine a world where my dad or my daddy, my my biological father or my myself, like my, my dad is quite possibly the nicest person like human in the world but so he's going to speak to all the people but <laughs> like I can't I can't imagine a world in which like like for example my uncle or or my daddy did they don't do the head nod my my uncle does peace sign still he'll do what's up what's up bro? Like, like that's still you know what I mean like that's up. still his thing and she was like I just I never I never I was like no I've done that like abroad I've been in China and been like People. Like, like it's like it's like a museum moment or something. Like you're here. Like, I like, it's it's a thing. It it's it's that that kinship is real. Like that that moment. Oh, that but feels so good. it yeah. feels like in that moment, it's like a hug. It's like a, it's like a, <laughs> a hug. hug. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. A like it's a thing. What I was saying to her too is like there are people all over the U.S. I'm sure that grew up in pri like predominantly black areas. Of, of town and they see nothing but black people around, but every single one of them has had that moment mm-hmm. where they're the only black. Like there's not one black person in the world, well, I, I'm, I'm gonna say within my immediate proximity, but I'm pretty sure the world <laughs> that, that can say like that they've never had that experience where they're the only black person in this space. And like, and that's not a thing that is the same for many other races. It's mm-hmm. it like for, I mean, I'm speaking specifically black and white, but it's, it's, it's a thing. Like it, I've been the only black person in the class. I've been the only black person at work. I've been the only black person, you know, in, in this particular, you know, I don't know, cable store, like there's yeah. always a space where you're the only one. Yeah.
3: Once you occupy that space, you now become the ambassador for all things oh. black. All right. And so- And
0: why does that happen?
3: <laughs>
1: I it, do you
0: not know. have the black pied piper whistle. <laughs> yes. Like I exactly. don't call all the black people to me. <laughs> they
1: asked me a question. So I need everybody's general right. opinion. It's yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> and say-
0: You're not hive mind
3: so that's part of it, right? Like, uh, yeah, I, I've been in those spaces as well. You know, when you're, when you're in those spaces, you're, you know, the, the pressure and the mirrors automatically get put on you. And the labels change as well. You know, um, I remember reading uh, Tears We Cannot Stop by uh, Dr. Mike Eric Dyson. And he was saying when he first went to, it was a predominantly, um, well, I don't want to misquote this. So I just leave the university name out. He went to the university and it was all white until he stepped in. Mm-hmm. Right, And so that sort of shifted the dynamic in a way that no one else in the classroom had anticipated. And he was left to sort of deal with that change because he was the change. Um, so I think there's a lot of weights and a lot of decisions, spontaneous decisions that have to be made with all parties in that space that is changing. Um, so I think that's why a lot of people can relate to that because it's quite memorable. You step into a class, you step into a church, or you step into whatever, and you're not, you don't look like everyone else, then, you know, you have a, you know, in a way you have some explaining to do. <laughs> you're not lost, you're supposed to be there, but in a way, yeah, yeah. That conversation's gonna gonna come up eventually, you know?
0: So like, I hate to be that person, now that we're <clears throat> talking about people speaking on behalf of other people. Amelia, you're white. Um <laughs> 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 you, you know, you have of all the white no, you noticed <laughs> <laughs> You're
1: You're right. me out
0: <laughs> yeah. i I'm actually curious um for you actually to share with people who are listening, especially okay, so we're talking about what it's like on on like our behalf, what it's like to share our experiences, but you've actually had um the the experience to hear our, like you mm-hmm. you as a human as a person as an Amelia right you <laughs> have sought out these opinions and and experiences like you honestly are are one of the people that I can truly say like goes out to ask questions whereas a lot of people don't do that and and you do ask questions so when you get those answers and you take those back to people who look like you, what is your experience? Because I know what he was, sorry, I know what he was saying was that, you know, or Carlos, sorry, not he, but Carlos was saying was that his experience is like, he feels like, oh, wait, am I am I offending you or, or what have you? Like being careful and watching what he says or choosing how he says, but how do you handle taking these experiences back to people like you?
2: I mean, I think, so I talk about it a lot with my mom, especially. Mm-hmm and you know sometimes it's like honestly like i i don't always know because i know that sometimes there're things that are on my mind a lot especially if there's a class or especially this and then i'll like i'll talk to white friends about you know this or that or this or that and occasionally i don't know if i'm just talking at them but occasionally i i do feel like i have also like there might be a moment of silence where i feel where i don't know what they're thinking but because i've I suspect, like, I I know I've read these things online that are like black people laughing about like, ha ha ha, white people and their cognitive dissonance, right? Like, oh no, this is such a different thing, you know? Um, But if they like, that's all. like, it's funny because it's true. Like that. that, I think that for a lot of white people or myself included more at some point, I mean, it is kind of a lot of what you know is wrong. A lot of what you know is wrong, or it's half baked, or it's undeveloped. Like, it's like seeing in a fog, and you only see two feet in front of you, and other people see two miles. Mm -hmm. And then they're talking about the thing that's two miles from there, and you're like, I can't see it. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's like a moment of like processing and incorporating and maybe resisting, but also like not rejecting. And so there's like, hmm, 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 hmm. But I feel like after a while, I do get also friends who. Like really do participate and actively, you know, they're like, yeah, well what about this and what about that? And who do get interested and engaged? I don't know. And then sometimes in that role, like I I think in those cases it's like how we were talking earlier about the human element, like how it's important to see people's faces and see if they're receptive to what you're saying. And I honestly wonder, like, like do I come do I come across as somebody who feels like a know-it-all to them, or does it come across as like Oh, like other white people can think about this and be involved in that, and maybe that's something that I could do too. Yeah, I'm not always sure.
0: I also wonder, like you know, I it's it sounds like, and and I'm guessing because I don't know if you guys know this, but I've never been white in my life, so I'm I'm not really. I know it's totally shocking. Yeah, I know. Calm yourselves. It's new information. So um, since I've never been white, um, I don't really know what what that would also feel like. So we talk about what it's like to, to walk two worlds, right. Where, where it's totally okay for, for us to be, you know, like I, I definitely like relax a lot more, um, around people. I'm not as, I mean, let's, let's, Let's be honest. Um, I teach English, so grammar is kind of a thing, no matter. I'm no, like, so people who know me are like, are you kidding me? You actually send me edits of my Facebook posts. And that's true. (laughs) And that's because it's important. Like, words mean things, all right? Language is important. But I definitely relax a little bit more when I'm around people who look like me, Mm right? Right. Because I'm definitely walking in and like there are certain things that I won't say in front of certain people which is kind of that that thing um, That that Jill is black if you've ever found her on Instagram um, Jill is black talks about revolutionary honesty and like being your true self um, All the time like being revolutionary honest about how you feel like not having to like diet yourself down yeah. if you if you will, you know um, and so and I do still kind of taper certain things there are certain things i don't say certain things that i do say in certain situations um and and so i think for many black people or or i mean i'm sure for you know latin american people as well um next people what have you, there's just like this line that you constantly straddle mm-hmm. but i i imagine again never having been white that for amelia that's kind of similar for you because I I know that you've talked about before in just our personal conversations and, like, how do you actually join a conversation of Black people talking about Black things in Black spaces? Mm -hmm. You're trying to, like, be careful not to say certain things. And we've talked about that even in some of the blog posts that you've posted on the blog. Yeah. Like, what what that's like for you,
2: even. Well, I think... So there's one thing in, in one of the recent blog posts where there's, like, a challenge to befriend somebody who doesn't look like you, right? And I think it's really good, but I would also, like, add to it because I think that sometimes it's, like, when we befriend someone who doesn't look like us, we come in there with our, like, level zero knowledge and are a total pain in the neck to that person. Like, I think it's sort of maybe we as white people should think about, like, black-proofing ourselves. Like, are we s- safe around black people? You know, like are we terrible to deal with? Are we like, it, like if you okay if you, go to, if you go to Japan and you're like, you know what, okay, I'm gonna learn these few things, a little bit of etiquette, you take off your shoes, you do this, you do that, you go to the Middle East, you're like, okay, you give and take with your right hand. Like, you know, I, I would say like, go and befriend people who don't look like you, but maybe before that spend like 20 hours reading things that m- maybe like make it easier for those other people for you to be around those other people, like make you not such a liability, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's like, if, if the burden is on the other person, it's like, I'm making a friend who doesn't look like me and I'm coming at them with all my ignorance. Like, it's not going to be pleasant for that other person. It's not going to be very fruitful for you. Like, I would say that in order to like exist in different spaces, I think like, the internet is a really great tool. Like the internet, you kind of have, you can be such a fly on the wall and find so many spaces online where you it's not necessarily like your place to, you know, comment, but you can you can find out what black people say when you're not around. Like that's there. It is absolutely there. And I think that those are, you know, like those things that maybe you guys said are like, they're like uncomfortable to say and you're like, ooh, do I say this? Like what's going to happen if I say it? But I kind of think that if you want to go between the two spaces, you're probably like as a white person, a lot easier to deal with if you've sort of heard those things Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and have maybe like dealt with them a little bit so that you're not like, it might be the first time for you, but maybe for the black people, it might be like in your friend group, it might be the 500 billionth time when they're dealing with somebody finding this out for the first time, Mm -hmm. like what something looks like from the other side so I would say do a bare minimum to make yourself I mean if, just with, like with any culture like if, if it's going to be if we're going into another culture like learn the bare minimum you 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 don't have to be an expert at it but learn like you know a list of seven do's and don'ts just as a starting point so then, I
0: think that's the other black. thing is that a lot of people don't black. don't really black. recognize that black culture is is a is a whole separate thing because i've had people who will say well but you're american i'm like yeah i've been american pretty much all my life too but but like i i still i grew up still differently there's still things that i can say
1: oh my goodness okay anyway but uh you know i'm a part of this group on uh facebook i'm a huge nerd i love anime i love cartoons i love video games i love all of the goodness um but it's it, they call uh, it's it's a long title, but it's called short for short Blurreds, which is black nerds or whatnot. But everybody's invited in on the group. We have um all types of people in in the group. Um, but someone posted uh, a video of all the black superheroes, and um and villains and uh, vigilantes and all the the people um, from the past few years or whatnot and a friend of mine I actually went to school with is part of the group and she was like um a lot of these superheroes aside from Black Panther and a couple of others if you change their skin to white they will still be the same because they there's not much of their culture inside of their, their story and and then a white guy uh uh commented he was like well they're all American and that's all the same and I was like yes I mean we're probably closer to uh, American culture as black people than we are to African cultures but the way black people moved in in this country is completely different from the way white people moved in this country and moves in this country And he wanted to argue and said he's just as oppressed as we are because of things like um, it's harder for him to get a a scholarship uh, because he's white, but it's easier for us because, you know, the minority scholarships and even for women and all these other things. I'm like, dude, you are so off base. Like, I I would rather... There was a thing. I don't know if any y'all remember um a few years ago where they did a study that if your name sounded black they would just throw out your job application Mm. um so i i i would rather have it to work hard get good grades to get into school uh than to not be noticed or be erased completely just off of my name um or be of how I look, and but you can
0: Kind of have a different.
1: See for me, because <laughs> people always think <laughs> I'm Hispanic. <laughs> I, you know, I, I never ran into that until I got to Texas, and like <laughs>
0: welcome to Texas,
1: baby. <laughs> right, right, like in Louisiana, I knew three other Black Carloses, and then I got here. Like Carlos, you mean Charles? No, Carlos. I like. Her <laughs> right.
0: name wasn't Carlos. Like, no, no, no. That's not your name. Well, let like me go
1: you check it. my birth certificate. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> You're right. Maybe I need to go. Um, no, but yeah, the, you know, and you know, you want to have that conversation and you want to try to educate as much as possible. But then he accused me of being closed minded because I didn't see his side. <laughs>
0: And I, I just am sorry, just as a just for the the kind people listening to the podcast, I just wish you could see all the looks of all six faces. Um six, five, five faces. I count really well. See, one, two, three, four. And oh, we're the counting dog. the dog. Yeah. Wait, I'm not over here anymore. <laughs> the,
3: the dog but, is like, bruh.
0: Like, like y'all still talking? Like, gee, pass me a snack. Like, right. But like, like, I wish you guys could see the look on the faces that just happened right now. When when he said he was closed minded everybody just kind of, like their head was just like, what, just, what are we, what are we saying? Yeah. What, are, well, yeah, what universe are what, we in right now?
2: You what know? are these
0: words that you're using? Oh, They're the not. The
2: fog universe. That's the, the fog universe. universe. You were talking about
3: there you go. And see the thing, I have a question for Carlos. Um, what this this guy that said you were closed-minded was? Did you guys have a, a friendship? Were you all friends or or not?
1: No. Uh it, it was just I. I get into these random conversations with okay. uh, with random folks. Now sometimes I have these conversations with friends, and they go really well. We okay. uh, because I think they know me, right? Part, so they know right. what I'm saying isn't. You, you, White you. people are bad. Yeah. You are bad, and <laughs> blah 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 blah. But I think when having it with strangers, that's what they feel because I, in that same conversation, I was being reverse racist, and
0: uh, I, it's not a thing. It
1: is. It, 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 it is not. Thing.
0: Can I say it with me, class. Reverse reverse racism, racism is not a thing. Not a, thing. <laughs> not a
2: thing. Oh,
1: apparently I was reverse racist, and then he was like. Well, tell me about your experience as a black man.
0: Do you really want to know? Because <laughs> like, oh why do we um,
3: always have to tell other people?
0: No, you know? I was gonna actually ask you guys what is your main obstacle with having these conversations? And my answer is I, like I my personal ob- obstacle is I don't feel like it, yo. Like sometimes oh, i right. Like let me just let like this game. It, like
1: I don't wanna to have to sit here and tell you about that. Go and read a book take a few classes and then we come back and have this conversation i don't think it's i'm tired of constantly having to defend Mm. and explain and all that stuff and
0: and like so here's a side note i'm 35 you see what i'm saying like i'm 35 and tired Mm. right so if I'm just 35 and tired, like, <laughs> like, dang, you no, know mom what mom I mean? Like, is like, right. No, she like, you know what I got. See now, honestly, that's why them black grandmamas be set talking crazy. Cause they get tired a long time ago. <laughs> right. They've
3: been tired for a <laughs> minute. That's, <No. laughs>
0: that's why we can put them on the front porch, give them a drink, and let them say all the things. Uh, uh-huh. They've been tired for a minute, yo. Cause like I I be like, what, like I'm tired, and, and and what it comes down to is I'm tired of constantly having to not just explain, but like, like explain and defend the fact that my, my oppression exists. Like why do I have to consistently explain and prove that my oppression exists not just as a black person not just as a woman not just as a black woman Mm -hmm. like why do i have to prove to you Mm -hmm. that this is real like like you come to me bring me your experiences and then what when i bring them (laughs) to you and then what so and and my thing is is like even if they didn't if i if i bring them to you and i lay them at your feet then, then you'll be able to approve it who are you? Who 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 are you to approve my oppression? Like, how, how you what what stamp do you have? What rubber stamp do you have that's going to allow you to be like you're right?
3: Approved. I, I I totally Great. agree, and I think it's there's an issue of it being twofold, right? So here it's sort of like apologizing to somebody who wants the apology, but after you apologize, they're still they throw throwing it off. back in your face. You know, but but the thing is, it's like it's twofold because here you are bringing this information that you ain't really trying to bring to them anyway, just because you're trying to be and just- Like they're you. demanding it. Yeah, right, right. And, and the whole thing is, once you bring it to them, they're, they're sort of taking it and using it against you in some way, nice. shape or form, or distorting your words. The same thing that happened to you, Carlos, on the on the group. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it takes form in many shapes uh, and, and forms. So I think- that's one of my reasons why I find it difficult to have that conversation with other people who really aren't trying to hear what I'm saying, like mm-hmm. actively listening, mm-hmm. versus waiting for themselves to talk and combat. Um, I think I think that's really, really where I sort of stop and say, you know what? Yeah, you you can have all that because I'm not. I I can see where this conversation is going. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take it there because I'm end up killing somebody. <laughs> right,
0: right. I'm trying to stay out of jail this week. Okay, right. I'm
3: trying to. I'm trying to. Lift. It's certain people yeah.
1: you can talk about it with. Like I said, when it's a friend. And um, I honestly like being asked questions. Like my boss. Um, uh, we we were riding one. I'm going to say two things. So we were riding one day, and um, it was kind of – it was silent, but I've been knowing five years at this point, so we're comfortable with each other, but it's – sometimes we get a little quiet because I get into my head, and um, and I guess he does too. But when we do talk, it's always cool. And then I will remember one time we were riding to the Waffle House, and he asked me, what is the most racist thing you ever had to deal with? And I told him about uh, – an experience that didn't necessarily happen to me, but it happened to my little brother. And yeah. I was there. And he was friends, he, we grew up in Baton Rouge, and he was friends with a guy from Florida. And um, the guy's uncle came to Louisiana to live with him When he found out that his nephew was best friends with a black dude, he said, the next time I see that nigger over here, I would shoot him in the face with my shotgun and he had a shotgun in his uh driveway and he stood there and waited for my little brother to come down the street police were called and the mother came down and she was apologizing and saying yeah I know my brother was racist but you know I didn't think he would take it this far I apologize you know we're friends and I think I th- I think she represented what I feel like uh, white uh, guilt is. She didn't do anything to us, but because of him, she felt she had to apologize for him. And it's like you are not the uh, the reason for all of this. He was, and he should be not even apologize. Just get, just go. I just I don't want that apology. You just threatened my brother, and not like I'll punch him in the face. You had your shotgun in the park, the parking lot and was ready to blow his head off, apparently. I like when people ask questions. I like when uh, they just want to know instead of tell me about your experience as a black man and then I tell them and then they tell me, well, as a white man, this is what I'm dealing with and this is just as bad for me as it is for you. And it's like, are you just did you just wanna have this conversation so you could dismantle my position? Or did you just really mm. want to know?
2: That reminds me, like, I think, um, I mean, I guess I would say anything, I, I wanted to say, like, if, for fellow, like, white listeners, I think that one thing that maybe we don't realize a lot of the time is, like, exactly what you guys are talking about, like, how emotionally draining the these things are. Like, deal with it, deal with it, deal with it, and then explain and defend and I think that, that that's something that I sometimes see in class, like when you have students who come with very different levels of knowledge of this, that the topic in general for some part of the students is like an interesting social topic that we can argue about. <laughs> right? Right. And like for other students, it's like one of the most difficult things they have to deal with all the time. Mm-hmm. and so I think then it's like sometimes there's a lack of and knowledge like the the students who don't deal with it maybe not a very like they haven't figured out it's like theoretical mm-hmm. right it's right. sort of like out there it's not like a, an, a human tragedy that mm-hmm. actual people deal with a kind of like yeah like maybe they want to you know argue or play devil's advocate or like corner you into some kind of thing whereas for the other person it's like um yeah, like, tell me about one of the most vulnerable moments of your life. Mm. Or tell me about one of the heaviest moments of your life over and over and over again. And mm. I think that, that exactly that kind of thing I find, like, to be sometimes challenging in class is that how do you, like, how do you moderate that conversation? Because and, and, I think that in society, like, that conversation is not moderated. It's just, like, a free-for-all. Yeah. yeah. And then everyone just, like, they launch out with whatever they have. And, <laughs> for, yeah, and it's, like, not, that's I feel like it's not skilled. Like, it is, like, skill-less. It's just, like, instead of, like, fine motor skills, like, fine motor skills of the brain and mouth. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, instead of just, like, clumsing launches at each other. So I don't know if I have anything more to say other than that, yeah, like, I think that this dynamic pops up into class, and I think it's one of the kind of big challenges. Because I think that there also, it's, like, um, what what I think a lot of people don't see is that because we're talking about human experience? Well, everyone's human, so everyone has experience, so all experiences are equally valid and knowledgeable, right? Yeah, whereas, right,
0: right, right. Yeah.
2: Whereas if it's like about engineering, like I'm not an engineer, but I can sit with non engineers and argue about how to build a bridge, but I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, but people recognize that. And people so you... recognize that. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> right. So there's because, that. Yeah. yeah, some
0: people out here building bridges and they ain't got
3: no tools okay but
0: they think they not they got all the answers like they're out here changing things and you're like that's not how any
3: of it right (laughs) i'm not gonna drive over that Mm -hmm.
2: exactly and but i think that that i feel like what are the obstacles sometimes to having this conversation and i think in class and in life i feel like one of the obstacles is like that we live in under this false pretense that everyone's knowledge is everyone's experience of this is just as informed Mm -hmm. and therefore like valid Mm -hmm. and then sometimes with my students i talk about it's like it's almost as if we're all like we're all um in a way like walking suggestion boxes like you walk through life and whoever like whatever you represent other people feel like they're allowed to leave comments into the suggestion box (laughs) right like so, (laughs) so you're kind of like a magnet for like you didn't choose it but it's like if you're black you're in non-black spaces like what you were saying about being the only one like you're probably i remember one time justin also said like you attract racists In it was about it was about being like hey i'm nice and i'm uh, like approachable and then people come at me with all this like (laughs) non-thought-out things right and so it's like hi like hey this guy is like, here's a suggestion box. I can say all my harebrained thoughts and the things that I haven't thought about that he's thought about forever. And like, boom, 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 boom. Re- I receive very few like suggestions about blackness because I'm not black, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's by proxy. It's like maybe a friend receives it or I overhear it. And, and even if you overhear it, it's not the same as like receiving it. Like, for example, I I lived in a a pretty conservative city and my roommate was gay. And I think in the beginning, I wasn't so sensitive to homophobia until like we had lived together for a year. And I felt like you become more keen to like you listen to those things more because you start to filter people out. And you're like, you know what? You're not coming to my home. I'm not inviting you over because I feel like, oh, you want to protect somebody.
3: Right. You want to,
2: you know, you're like, you're not kind of house trained to be in my Mm -hmm. house. You're not house-trained, that's real. Mm-hmm. And... You're not house-trained for my house.
1: <laughs> <Right>.
2: <laughs> to, to sort of say that like, um, to, to, just to draw the parallel that sometimes, like I think that we can get a little bit of a better view at what other people are receiving and their suggestion boxes mm-hmm. like by having close relationships. Yes. But, but it's like, it doesn't replace, but you can kind of start to peek. like, oh my God, that's what you're getting. Oh my God. And I think that that's one of the things, like the logical fallacy of like, I don't get it. Therefore, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not my reality. Therefore, it isn't a reality. It's not a reality at all. It's not a reality because mm-hmm. we're not equal magnets for all comments. We're not equal mm-hmm. suggestion boxes. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, when we empty out those suggestion boxes, it looks really different. Mm-hmm.
0: and and like I think the other thing too like <clears throat> excuse me for people of color is like sometimes like we're so used to carrying this load that we forget that we have it mm. you know what I mean yeah, like yeah, this weight this weight is a weight that we carry so very often you know like uh I, I had a I had a conversation with a guy um like one of the questions that I that I asked them for homework that I didn't do full disclosure um I didn't do it with my homework but I gave all the crew homework and they came like with notes and stuff and I was like uh somebody else want to lead this no um but but one of the things that I, I I asked you guys was like anecdotes of of how you know of things conversations that have gone well and conversations that have gone poorly um and and I had one example um where it was actually both so like i posted something about about feminism and i don't even remember i i know you guys all know the story because i was hot under the collar and over the collar and in my yeah yeah losing my little straightenage it was it was it was some things i was whoo i was hot it. it was not it was not good it was not good um but but the 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 statement was something like, basically, he was like, um, "Oh, that's that feminist mumbo jumbo" or something like that. Like, and 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 I was like, "You're actually proving my point." And and it's it's a black guy that was having the conversation who doesn't believe in in feminism. He doesn't believe in um, black feminism, which we 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 are going to have that. That's on my list of conversations to have on a future podcast episode: is feminism versus black feminism. But we were talking about that. And he basically dismissed, dismissed it. Um, all together and then had the nerve To call somebody on my look one, one thing I will tell you you can Come to my page I invite Conversations mm-hmm. that's what I do that's Why I have these mediums that's What I do come have conversations But the second you disrespect me Or anybody mm. I know Anybody oh. in my tribe listen let me tell you What will happen okay. right we we will Take this we will take and, and I'm not going to disrespect you you see right. what I'm saying right. Like I, like as much as I feel like You might need to be punched in the throat not an R. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I feel like that needs to happen. You see what I'm saying? I'm I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be the bigger person because that's that's the person my mama taught me to be. Right. So I I had um I had to pull him to the side after he called a friend of mine a bed winch. Uh huh. Uh huh. I don't know if people know what a bed winch is. Um, so for those that don't know, it's a term that was used to describe black women um, who warm the beds of masters. So basically, he called her a slave prostitute um, or whore, really, because at least prostitutes get paid. Um, so Whoa. I'm look. I'm just saying, look. So basically, I like my thing is is. First of all, what you don't do, Mm -hmm. as I've already explained, don't come to my house and start throwing stuff around. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know what I mean? Respect my house. So if you're coming on my page and you disagree with me, that's fine. We can disagree. All have a seat. Let's talk about it. But what you don't get to do is start throwing things around. You don't get to start disrespecting my house. So I deleted the comment and I went to him in private. And I said, look, what you don't get to do is come to my house and talk crazy to people. Mm-hmm. And he said he felt attacked. Mm. Right? He felt attacked because people right, right. That look yeah. on your face that you have right now, that what you talking about, Willis's face, that one? <laughs> yes. That one right there. Yes. Cause I was like, I love how you felt attacked when you were the first one to call names. But what he said is he felt attacked because somebody had said something like, you know, sometimes those words sound like the oppressor. Mm. So like the things that he was saying and you would have to go through the whole thread to really understand how this <laughs> kind of played out but the things that he was saying um one of my friends came on and was like did he just all lives matter your post? <laughs> I <love> that <laughs> and yes and the answer to that question was yes yeah. he did um that's precisely what he did as he was talking about because he was saying that that black women um, and their feminism are destroying. Like it needs to be black men and women. It's listen. A whole other podcast is what I'm trying to tell you. Don't give me these looks. I'm <laughs> <that's> a whole <laughs> other episode. What what
1: what is it with with people uh, black people who find out the other side? Because I'm gay. So like when they find that out, my blackness automatically is like invalid at that point because now I'm gay and it's like. <laughs>
0: Something that doesn't fit things, right? And yeah. I'm not really sure exactly when that happens, how that happens, or why that happens. But some kind of way, mm. your sexuality precedes the blackness.
3: I think I think one of the things that we're being uh, conditioned to believe, especially as Black people, is that blackness looks a certain way, acts a certain way. Uh, you know, everything from, from A to Z. And so, not only are we being conditioned to sort of fit this criteria that non-blacks want us to fit into so that they can feel comfortable about themselves but also there's this whole caveat of you know uh uh, within that community yeah absolutely yeah you know that's and 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 that's that's the thing that you know you're bringing up carlos is that okay i'm black and i'm gay but you invalidate my blackness because all you see is my homosexuality Mm
0: -hmm. the same way that you could be in a white space Mm -hmm. and all they see is your blackness but we don't we don't see that So i guess the point that i was trying to make because i take long ways around things and hope that you guys just follow me um but (laughs) the point that i was trying to make too was that you know people like even within the black community we don't realize the own weights that we carry we because we are so used to it because you know you spend your whole day being black and gay I spend my whole day being black and a woman and and so when you come up against someone who you know even and and look like reality is reality black women are still different from black men there are still different struggles that I don't understand as a black woman you know that black men go through there are still those things and i and i recognize that but for you to say oh no we should all be one let's let's not recognize this because the the idea it's to me it's honestly no different from all black people think the same the way we were talking about being Right, right, right you know the spokesperson for all blackness we're, it's not a homogenized thing. Mm-hmm. And so for some kind of reason, even once we get into that space, it's like, wait, 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 you're stepping out of line with what I think
3: right. blackness right. should
0: look like. Right. And so what I think sometimes is people who are outside the people of color don't realize that not only are you, like, like you said, Amelia, throwing these things in our suggestion boxes of how we should be you know, or what blackness should look like. We have other black people adding to that weight of mm-hmm. what our blackness should look mm-hmm. like. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we like, dang.
1: Now we are <laughs> hurt. I, I,
0: thought, I thought I knew who I was. Like I thought I was a whole human when I left the, the house and I walked in and I just got dismantled from white folks and black folks and straight folks and gay folks. Oh, I just, like, like I like yeah. I just you know what i mean like i think the thing is is that a lot of the times when you're having these conversations and and because everybody that that's on you know on the panel per se i guess right now are, are black and white um i i recognize that we're not um acknowledging you know asian americans mm. nat- you know indigenous people um or, or i i'm not sure the preferred term because i've talked to people who prefer native and indigenous mm. and not native american for most of the people that I know, they do not like Native American. For the friends that I know, um, in particular, but but to make sure that we also, in having this conversation, recognize that that those are still some struggles that even you know my Native and Indigenous friends have talked about is like what what that looks like even within their culture, mm-hmm, like right. you know if if they're looking a certain way that's not particularly Native, you know, or they're they're. Fair skinned the same way that we have colorism in the black community, they have that same experience in, mm-hmm. in, in you know indigenous cultures or mm-hmm. or whatever you know struggles like I, I think that what happens is people think that everything is black and white, and then it becomes even more gray within the culture and then you want us to to have these deep conversations, these meaningful conversations about how things should should work. And then we forget that we're having that conversation with people who look like us, with people who don't look like us, mm-hmm. with people who share the same sexual preference or orientation, rather. Like, like we're, we're not a homogenized right. group of people. There are certain terms that certain people might like. This person does not like to be called African American, but they do like to be called black American like this person doesn't like to be called Native American like we all have different preferences <laughs> and and somebody somewhere is always telling us what that preference should look like
1: right. <laughs> it's so tiring I just I don't want to talk about it anymore like
0: and then you find people in a, in a corner rocking back and forth eating yeah. rock and road ice cream. <laughs> I Gotta said next. <laughs> <at you.
3: laughs> and I think that goes back to what Amelia was saying about, you know, uh, the the problem, well not problem, but sort of like the infant's concept of befriending someone who doesn't look like you. To me, and y'all can call me out if I'm wrong, but to me, is that really for black people? Because that's what we've been doing our whole lives. We just corporate America. The, the higher you climb, the less black it is. Like, that's just the reality. So I think that's, for me, I, I feel like that, that is sort of a challenge for non, non-black people, and I won't say minority, but just like, like non-black people, because our experience lends ourselves to assimilating in more ways than one. And that adds mm-hmm. on to weights that Janelle was talking about. That adds on to uh, trying to keep your validation. That carlos was talking about it's all encompassing so if someone comes up to me and says pick a friend that doesn't look like you and i'm like yo i do that all the time you know <laughs> yeah. i do that all the time But I,
0: I, gotta, I gotta disagree with you only because that thinking is how we have people like this dude who was like you're you should be like us black like so, people who don't look like you can be people who have a different sexual orientation. It could be people who are women. They could be people who are native. And I think that 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 in itself is a is a sub challenge. So yes, I think culturally speaking, um, I I get what you're saying because we do live in spaces where we consistently. Um, confront people who don't look like us that's 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 just the reality of the world that you know in which we exist but I do think that that's you know and 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 I can say you know the conversation that I ended up having with the guy that seemed like it went well toward Mm -hmm. the end but it ended up on a whole different level but it Mm -hmm. seemed like it went well in that you know what we finally got down to is that um talking about feminism as saying that um, like an attack on black men that black men weren't supportive enough. He mm-hmm. he saw it as like almost like an affront to like like I'm here. I'm supposed to be like you're choosing white women in terms of the the feminist movement, right? Mm-hmm. You're choosing white women over me, and I'm supposed to be your helpmate. Mm-hmm. And I and and that was important for me to hear. And if I hadn't heard that, had that conversation with him, I would have never heard that. That's kind of what they're he like what not they right. but you know, some people are hearing. And what he heard from me was that it feels like sometimes Black men disregard the fact that women have a nuanced situation. Mm-hmm. That that what he heard from me is that sometimes it feels like Black men are insensitive to women suffering due to sexism, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I think that was important for him to hear. And so when we're talking about things like, befriending someone who doesn't look like you. I think that that's what it comes down to. I, like, much like I've never been white, I've never been gay, but it is important for me to understand, especially if I'm gonna be an ally. Mm -hmm. If I'm gonna walk with you and I'm down, Mm -hmm. I need to at least understand some of what you, that don't mean I get to walk in front of you, right. I, I, I don't get to carry your flag, right. you know what I mean? Like, right. like, and, and I mean, not literally, but I, I'm saying like, I don't, I don't get to, to, to become your spokesperson. I am not a face exactly. of that movement, but I am there right. for you. And the reason that I feel like I am more there for you is because I've heard some of the things that you personally, not you on behalf of all LGBTQ, but you personally have, you know, gone through or that some other friends have gone through. I know your personal individual struggle because I made it a point to befriend people who don't look like me. Um, I think that that's what I hear. Like, I understand what you're saying.
3: Right, like, right. And I, and I think that's the beauty of identity is that, you know, for, for you two you if you walk into a room and you see Carlos, you ain't no homeboy, that, that fictive kinship still lies, right? So in a sense, he does look like you. And then you get to know him and be like, oh, well, we're different, but that's, that's still in itself beautiful as well. I think my whole thing is, <laughs> uh, and, and this is just Justin talking for the, for the listeners out there. Um, I think my whole thing is like, yeah, don't, don't, don't call me out for something that I've been doing. you know what I'm saying and it's not not like I'm trying to you know get checks off of you know this list that I have carrying around in my right pocket it's just that's just the way it is you know um yeah I mean I grew up in a very diverse community uh um and in school elementary school things like that a lot of my friends were black white this that and the third and for me growing up that's just how it was and for me to to sort of get that advice from people who, in my opinion, don't, don't really haven't really been through that sort of that side of a, oppression and that, you know, that side of the race talk to give me, you know, advice on something that I feel that I do pretty well. It's like, Bruh. <laughs> you, you know, I don't laugh you, man. Like we're in this, <laughs> we're in this race together and you telling me I'm on my first lap. I'm like, dude, I'm ahead of you, man. <laughs> like, come on,
0: Right, now. you see me right. sitting down because I've already been through this <laughs> 45, 17 <laughs> times.
2: And I think, like, to to respond to that, actually, Justin, when you first said that, it's like, is that for Black people? I I understood and misunderstood. Like, I know, like, what you mean? Is that, a, is that appropriate advice for Black people? Is that advice meant for Black people? Like, I think probably in this article, the person who made it, I think the advice was probably for, from a non-black person to other non-black people mm-hmm. in that context. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would agree, but I would say when you said that, at first I thought like, is that even, I thought you meant, I mean, I agree with what you're saying, but I thought you meant is that, is that friendship for black people? Like, cause in, mm-hmm. a, in a way I feel like the, the advice is also like, befriend, hello white person, befriend a black person because this is of benefit to you, white person. Yes. Like, like, yes. Is that at the service of, like, are you a blessing or a burden mm-hmm. in, in that friendship as the one who's, like, seeking out friendships that don't look like you? So here's the thing. We could totally
0: talk <clears throat> about this all day because what people don't know is that we have a list of things that we haven't talked about and, like, two piles of paper that we haven't even looked at. Um, and we got plenty. And when I say plenty, I mean plenty. Of, uh, of, of things that we could treat but don't you worry because this is just the first episode hey. so uh, I'm sure hopefully you guys will come back um, we'll do a couple more you know have a couple more conversations yeah we got a couple more topics we could definitely we could hit on so um, I am super super grateful for the people who came and listened and uh, to our shenanigans also comma like world changing things. So like my thing is is let's change the world but like let's like make fun of each other while we do it. You know what I mean like just like I, I no. <laughs> like let's let's laugh a little bit, you know, poke fun at each other a little bit. I don't know. Um so which I I I you know that whole birds of a feather thing is a is a real thing. So um yeah, I'm lucky that I attract funny people because I personally am hilarious. Um <laughs> And humble. I, I'm super <laughs> humble. You know what I mean? Like, so you're all welcome uh, for that. Um, no, I, I again, I'm I'm I I really am humbled by um, the fact that I have the lovely Jack assisting us. I'm you you guys haven't actually heard him, but he's in the room and he's been working with us, and and I'm very appreciative of you for um, for you know, helping me get this set up. And uh, Carlos for coming, he is pretty good people, I think. Yeah, I think he's good people. <laughs> and-, <laughs> and Carlos for coming over to the house and, you know, you know, again, changing the world and whatnot. Um, Amelia from all the way in Bogota, Colombia. Janelle. <laughs> As per usual, it's always, always, always a pleasure. Um, and my good friend, Jay will, as it says, but <laughs> <laughs> as you log in, Jay will. I feel like that's like 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 J will on the, like I don't know. What's, I don't know. It's supposed to happen. It makes you sound super right. He was doing some mic checks. Sounds <laughs> super cool. Um, but before we log off, I want to make sure that you have an opportunity <clears throat> to tell people about. Um, can you tell people where to find uh, the Black Curriculum and what it is you're doing over there?
3: Sure, sure. So I have a. You YouTube didn't know this chain. was
0: going to happen. Sorry, go ahead.
3: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> As I fumble through my notes. Right? Uh, no, 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 I have a YouTube channel called The Black Curriculum. So it's sort of based around the idea of uh, what literature and experiences can be shared with others to better understand Black lives. Um, reading articles, books, books mainly, about sort of like the Pan-African experience. Um, this project is ever-growing. Um, I think that I could do this until the day that I die, and it's just a you know really good excuse to read and post videos and things like that. So, um, but yeah, my girl Janelle Gray's book is up there as well. We discussed that when she was in Bogota. Echoes of the Struggle. Go get that if you ain't got that, something wrong with you. Um, we make sure you get that. And uh, yeah, I think that's a uh, my, my shameless plug.
0: i I really just employ friends around me who will plug for me so i don't actually have to tell you that i wrote a book so they come on and they do that for me it's not it's not right i don't i don't even have to do that i just let them do it for me which is which is part of the beauty of of my genius um appreciate that plug right i do i do um so uh you could also check out the blog so the blog is a year strong actually uh i think both of us were born around about the same time right justin oh around oh, uh,
3: april twenty fourth, 1987.
0: not literally <laughs> <laughs> i meant i meant the youtube channel and the blog not <laughs> <laughs> your babies were born wow Would you like to provide the masses with your social security as well?
3: Right, right, yeah. (laughs) Six, three, (laughs) eight. And I'm fired. No, but.
0: So, okay, so I think we're both about a year old. So uh, the Echoes blog did come after Echoes of the Struggle, the book, as I mentioned before. So yes, go to echoesofthestruggle.com, Check out the book. There are a couple of other books on there as well um, to kind of help facilitate these types of conversations and uh, again where the blog kind of came from is echoes of the struggle.com slash blog um, and now of course we have the echoes podcast so echoes on air um, if you need to send me anything which I invite you to not trolls please thanks and um, but uh, if if you would like us to talk about something, it's not always going to be the same group of people, but I am hopeful that they will keep coming back because you know, tribes are cool and mine is the coolest um, but um, it won't be the same group all the time, it won't be of course the same topic all the time, we'll always kind of change it up, but if there's something you want us to talk about, send us an email at echoes at echoes strugglecom E-C-H-O-E-S at echoes Echoes of the struggle.com. And I guess, like, how do you sign this thing out? Like, I don't know how to do technology or life or things like webcasting things. Like, how do radio people just do they just be like, we, we, should,
3: we should echo each other? Should
0: we echo, <laughs> echo.
3: All <laughs> uh,
0: right. So, we'll check you guys the next episode uh, because we don't really know when that's going to be. So, I guess, chill till the next episode because that's what the song said. I appreciate you for catching that. (laughs) (laughs) We'll catch y'all later.